Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. This is part four of a series that I've been doing on the Trinity. Uh, we've been exploring uh, different aspects of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We've explored what is the Trinity, uh, how we can understand this beautiful dance that the Godhead is uh, doing together and how we're invited into it. And today we're going to be exploring uh, the unstoppable spirit, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, for many of us, the Holy Spirit is this mysterious unknown. Uh, he is the part of the Trinity that we tend to not necessarily see uh, involved that often in our worship. Uh, often the work of the Holy Spirit is more attached to Pentecostal churches uh, than it is more traditional churches. That's not necessarily true, not necessarily fair. Uh, just because a charismatic church is a very public outworking of the Holy Spirit does not mean the Holy Spirit isn't working in a traditional church as well. Um, but there is very clearly signs and wonders and external manifestations of the work of the Holy Spirit that is seen in certain tribes of church. Uh, and we really shouldn't be scared of them. You know, if God is real, if God is true, if God is active and at work in the world, uh, then the promise of the Holy Spirit was something that Jesus did promise us. And there are manifestations of the Spirit that we, we get, you know, signs, wonders, healings, miracles, prophecies, speaking in tongues. All of these things uh, are associated with the work of the Holy Spirit. So today we are going to be exploring uh, the third person of the Trinity, uh, the Holy Spirit, the unstoppable Spirit. I hope you find this episode interesting. If you've not listened to the other episodes, I would skip back. I'd go to listen to part one first uh, about the Trinity, understand what is the Trinity before you listen to this episode. But friends, I hope you find this inspiring and I hope, you know, uh, equipping as well. Uh, so here we go. A podcast episode on the unstoppable spirit. So here we go, the unstoppable spirit. Now, we've already kind of talked about this in a previous episode, but uh, trinity uh, it means tri, two words, tri and unity. Tri meaning three and unity uh, meaning one. The trinity is a relational union of the Father, the Son, and the, the Holy Spirit. And therefore, if you get nothing else from this uh, episode than this, this is the most important uh, kind of thing to learn when it comes about the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it, it is not a thing, but he is a person. We talk about the Godhead having uh, the three persons of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The the work of the Holy Spirit is not just a um, presence, uh, and it's not just the aura of God. It's actually uh, the third person uh, of the Trinity. And this is what kind of blows our mind. And it's one of the things I want to explore today, because some of our language almost doesn't help us, whilst at the same time does help us. How do you understand the work of the Holy Spirit if it's not for pictures and it's not for imagery 
uh, and it is not for paintings or prophetic words or poetic words uh, that help us understand uh, the Trinity. So let's just look at the Nicene Creed for the moment. What does the Creed tell us about the Holy Spirit? The Creed says this, the Holy Spirit is the Lord, the giver of life. The Lord, the giver of life. The, the third person, the Trinity, is this person, the Trinity, whose role is there to bring life and life in all its forms. You know, we know that Christ rose from the dead because of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that's now a work in us. The same person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is now the same person that is involved with and active in your life. So this this person, the Holy Spirit, was, was prophesied and spoken about by Jesus. So this is what Jesus says in John 16, verse 7. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away, Jesus says. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Uh, so Jesus had to go for the work of the Holy Spirit to come. Now this word, this word here for counsellor is really interesting, and it can be translated in a bunch of uh, of different ways. Um, so the word here is parakletos, parakletos, counsellor. Uh, so it's one who comes to help, comes to console, comes to encourage. Uh, comes to mediate on our behalf, kind of comes to stand in the gap, uh, all really helpful for language, isn't it? So the, this Paracletos, this Holy Spirit, is a counsellor, one who comes to help us, to cheer us on, to encourage us, to push us forwards. And then at the same time, this Spirit is there to uh, mediate uh, on our behalf, which I'll come to that. Uh, you know, a little bit more in a moment, but the Holy Spirit is there to bring counsel, to bring wisdom, and is there to mediate for us when we need mediation. Uh, in some Central American uh, translations of Scripture, it's translated as the one who mothers us, the one who comes to care for our very needs. The 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 you know, it's almost like the mother heart of God. If the Father is is the uh, father if fathers us and the spirit is the mother now that that is not a traditional translation and it's not certainly most helpful because it's not that we've got a father we've got a son and we've got a mother not at all but it, it's the understanding that the parakletos of god is is, is a feminine uh, caring for uh, bringing wisdom uh, bringing life uh, so it's a, it's the, almost the mothering aspect uh, without us drifting into this idea of mother God, which, which is not what I'm saying at all. Uh, the other way of translating this phrase is this. I love this. Um, the one who falls down beside us. So if you found a person collapsed in the road and you went and knelt down beside them and there's this victim of a crime, they've been attacked and you go and kneel before them and you care for their needs uh, and then maybe you carry them to safety. Uh, that idea of somebody that gets at the side of somebody in need, cares for them, maybe picks them up and carries them and takes them to a safe place, that's what the parakletos the Spirit does, the one who falls down beside us. The Holy Spirit comes right up to us in our need. 
ministers to us. What a beautiful uh, image. The Paracletos also kind of intercedes. And I think this is an important part. Um, to intercede, to stand in the gap right, between us and God, that there is this divide, but the Spirit comes to take and intercede for us and take our prayers up into the heavenly realms. Uh, the word paraclete, the Hebrew root word, uh, literally means one who pleads another's cause before a judge. You know, we would translate it as solicitor or legal counsel or legal advisor. So the paraclete, which is the Hebrew version of, of the Greek word parakletos, of the paraclete, uh, is somebody who is becomes our solicitor, our legal counsel, is now our advisor. So Jesus says, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's for your good that I'm going to go away. Unless I go away, I can't send your solicitor, your spiritual solicitor, your, your spiritual legal counsel or your a legal advisor. The spirit comes to advise us and to stand in the gap between us and the judge. Um, beautiful imagery uh, for it to grapple with the spirit of god is the very one that intercedes who comes to be our solicitor to stand in the gap for us and represent us uh, to jesus so that's what the paracletos is the spirit of god the counselor the spiritual uh, solicitor so that's what we're told about the work of the holy spirit we're also told by the work of, about the work of the holy spirit in in acts that Jesus says, unless I go, you will not receive my spirit, my dynamite. The word there in the Greek is the word didymus, literally translates as dynamite. As you know, Jesus says, I'm now going to go and I'm going to pour out my dynamite and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the, end, and the ends of the earth. Um, the thing that changed the disciples from being a scared bunch of boys or a scared bunch of boys and girls, you could say, is the Holy Spirit, the dynamite of God comes, fills the disciples and they suddenly they become these radical carriers of the gospel. So the book of Acts, we're told that the spirit is like a, a holy dynamite that explodes in us and gives us exactly what we need for the task ahead. It's an empowering presence. So if the spirit is our spiritual solicitor, the spirit is also our empowerer, our, our dynamite uh, within us. And one last little picture that I just find absolutely, inc I love this. I love this. So I'm just going to read to you from Matthew chapter 3. It's Jesus' baptism. And it just says this, when Jesus came to Galilee, uh, to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter Jesus, saying, I need to be baptized by you. You don't need to come to me. And Jesus replies, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill uh, all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and landing on him or, uh, or lightning on him the voice from heaven says this is my son whom i love uh, with him i am well pleased 
So here we have this incredible sign. Jesus is being baptized. He's coming out of the water. The Father God is speaking. He's saying, this is my son whom I love. And then you have the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. Let me just tell you for a moment that the Greek word that we have here that we've translated as dove is the word peristera. Peristera. P-E-R-I-S-T-E-R-A. Peristera. Many translations of the Bible into English translate that word as dove. What are doves? They are the angelic of the birds. Doves you don't see very often. They get set free at a wedding or a funeral or a special event. White doves are not seen very often. They are mysterious of the birds. Uh, when they were translating this passage, they had to make a decision. Uh, what did this word say? Peristera. And they concluded um, that the kind of bird that it was going to be was a, was a dove. I would probably think that's because, uh, you know, a dove is the angelic of the bird. It's, one of, it's the beautiful of it. It's the white uh, of the birds. You, have, you, know, you get very white doves. Friends, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. Uh, if you uh, translate this word as it really should be, I would argue it should be translated as pigeon. And my argument for this is if you read a Middle Eastern Bible, if you go see another translation of the scriptures that's not in English but into another translation, uh, it's actually translated as pigeon. Pigeons are everywhere. They're dirty. They're messy. They're crazy. They're the bonkers of the birds. I've seen pigeons fly into windows and knock themselves out. I've been on a tube uh, one day and the, the, the pigeon, this pigeon gets onto the tube train as it arrives at a platform. The pigeon then travels on the tube one stop, walks down the train and the pigeon got off at the next stop. Pigeons are the bonkers, the weird of, of the birds. They're normal birds. I'm in London. I see pigeons everywhere. I love this idea the Holy Spirit is a pigeon rather than a dove. Natural, normal, everywhere can be seen. Uh, you don't walk down the street very often and see a, uh, a dove, but you do walk down the street and, and see a pigeon. The work of the Holy Spirit is not mysterious, but everywhere. The work of the Holy Spirit can be seen at work in our daily lives. As you bump into pigeons in the street, I find this really inspiring. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a pigeon. There's the messiness of it. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not easily boxed or contained or controlled, but the Holy Spirit is something that is wild uncontainable uncontrollable the holy spirit is a peristera a pigeon so let me just talk about this for a moment what is the spirit not what is the spirit not i've got a few the holy spirit is not a dot dot dots for you here so number one the holy spirit is not a milkman the spirit does not come along to bring some abstract package for you to be blessed by. The milkman comes, traditionally, old school, will come and leave bottles of milk on your doorstep and you'd open your door in the morning and there would be your bottle or two of milk. The Holy Spirit 
does not come to bring you as some abstract package of blessing but he brings his own life and he brings his own life to share with us the spirit is not like some divine milkman leaving behind bottles of his gift of life on our doorsteps only to move on to the next household and deliver another blessing on that doorstop and then move on to the next one but the holy spirit is giving us life he comes to be with us and in us and remain with us having given us uh, his blessing and his life and his presence once he doesn't move on but he actually stays with us to make that life blossom and grow the holy spirit moves in he moves into our house becomes a resident of our home he stays there the spirit doesn't leave bottles but the spirit breathes life into us the life the spirit gives is not some abstract thing in fact uh, it's not something that he gives at all the spirit gives us his very self that we might know him and enjoy him and reveal the father and the son to us the spirit of god the person of the trinity comes to bring fellowship with us and help us to fellowship with the father and the son so the spirit does not bring us something like a power drink that brings uh, help or strength to us but the holy spirit comes to bring some one to us himself revealing jesus to us the holy spirit is the powerful presence of god uh, but he's the person of god so the holy spirit is not a milkman that just delivers his blessing and then moves on to the next person which is interesting because we pray the prayer come holy spirit as if we're waiting for the Spirit to come and do what he's going to do and go. Actually, the, the, the prayer, come Holy Spirit, is, is a phenomenal prayer. I love the, the prayer, come Holy Spirit. It's one of the earliest prayers in the church, come Holy Spirit. But what that says is that God is somewhere else and we are here. I would actually argue that we'd be better just praying, God, would we become more aware of your presence right now? So rather than saying, come Holy Spirit... We should be praying, come me into God's presence. Would I become aware of him rather than God, you're somewhere else, come to me. But that the presence of God is around us and we're inviting ourselves to partake and join in the relationship of God. Therefore, it's like, would I become more aware of you right now, Lord? Now, with that said, I do also believe that there are some sacred places, holy places, that are so marinated in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, that when you step into it, you just know God's presence. There are some places, and when I was at college, my lecturer talked about this in terms of graded holiness. Like, everywhere is holy, but some places are like 2% holy, and some are 100% holy. And I, I do find this helpful. You know, churches are no more amazing in your bedroom you can encounter god in your bedroom as much as the church but because the church is a the church building this is the church building is a place that's been marinated in the spirit god's presence has been the people of god have been of worship because of that there is something special about church so when people say i can worship god anywhere totally true somebody says i can encounter god's presence while out for a walk 100 percent right 
But there is something special and sacred about a place where the people of God have, have worshipped, encountered God over generations. There's some marinating happening in that place that it does become amazing there's something there that's different so i would say i love worshiping god in my living room during the pandemic i love being able to worship with my family in the living room listening watching the live stream services but there's something about being in a building where god's presence is where the people of god are and worshiping together where you sense something of the lord so graded holiness yes god's presence is everywhere but there are some places where God's presence just really seems to be amazing, to be sharp uh, and really powerful. So that's that's kind of an awareness that there, there are places. So we don't pray, come Holy Spirit per se. We're praying, God, would we come into your presence, Lord? Uh, but it, it's a prayer that makes more sense to us than it does nece necessarily to God. Uh, but God ain't going to withhold his presence from us because we've prayed a silly prayer. So... The Holy Spirit is not like a milkman. The Holy Spirit is also not like the Force. Now, I am a massive Star Wars fan. Uh, I love Star Wars, and I've sat through many sermons where people have said the Holy Spirit is like the Force. And, it, and it's like, no, it's, it's really not. The Holy Spirit isn't an abstract presence. It isn't an abstract presence power but the holy spirit is a person is a person so it's it's not like the wind that you feel but there's nothing there the holy spirit is the person of god the third person of the trinity okay if that's true chris why does scripture talk about the holy spirit being like breath God breathing his spirit into us. Like, why is that? It's because we need pictures and metaphors and angles on us to help us understand something of what is happening with the presence of God. So the scriptures talk about the breath of God filling us. Does that mean the Holy Spirit is a breath? No, he's a person. Is, is more than just air moving. And this is the, the key thing. Yes, we can understand the presence of God moves among us like wind. He may move among us like breath. But the Holy Spirit is a person. The identity of the Holy Spirit is a distinct person of the Godhead. Distinct person of the Godhead. So, not an abstract blessing, someone who moves in. The Holy Spirit isn't a force, but a person, again, that is with us. All of this is true. So they're the things the Holy Spirit isn't. Now, I don't know if you've read the book The Shack. I read The Shack. Uh, apart from the first two chapters, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I actually preferred it once the, the kind of the story got going. Um, I was a young dad at the time, so this idea, the story centred around a, a dad that had lost his daughter, I, I just found really quite difficult. Uh, but in the shack, uh, this character, the lead uh, character, meets with the Trinity, meets with the Father, the Son, and the, the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting in, in the book is uh, the Father is actually a black African woman, 
Um, so you know, it's really playing around with some of our understanding of 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 who God is, and we can't define God by our understandings of male and female. That's helpful for us, but it's not necessarily true uh, of of in, in terms of sex uh, for God. But one of the things I really love about this book was uh, the Holy Spirit in there. The Holy Spirit in the shack uh, is depicted as a small Asian lady. And she's got this shimmering appearance uh, that makes her actually easier to see, not when you're looking directly at her, uh, but only through the corner of your eyes. And it's through the corner of your eyes that you would see her the most clearly. And I love this. The Holy Spirit sometimes is really hard to see. What, where is he at work? What is he doing? I'm struggling to see. But then you get glimmers of him and, and, and you spot him doing something in your peripheral vision. It's almost like sometimes the work of the Holy Spirit is less seen right in front of us, but is seen off at the sides. We see the work of the Holy Spirit somehow working in the background. We catch uh, just a, a moment where we glimpse the Holy Spirit through the peripherals of our vision. I love this. I, I love that. For many of us who would love to see the work of the Holy Spirit more, we're looking, where is he, where is he, where is he? We can't see him, we can't see him, we can't see him. It may be that you will see more of the Holy Spirit through your peripheral vision, those incidents at the side of your vision, than you will ever see. You're desperately trying to look for him uh, right in front of you. So I just want to end then by asking uh, this question. What does all of the all of this tell us about God and the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, this unstoppable spirit? So the first thing I would say is this. It's through the spirit that God wants to draw us in. Remember, we talk about the dance of God, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit dancing together in this circular dance it's through the work of the Holy Spirit that God is wanting to gather us in and draw us closer into relationship with him. The Holy Spirit that God is wanting to lead us closer into relationship with him. The other thing that is the Holy Spirit tells us that God wants to be uh, involved with our lives. I particularly love this idea of the, the pigeon. God wants to be involved with our lives the spirit of god is there to empower our normal lives the holy spirit is not just there that we'd live a more supernatural life but the holy spirit is there that our natural and normal lives will be empowered uh, by him so the holy spirit tells us that god wants us to be involved god wants to be involved with our lives and it tells us that god wants to empower our mundane lives this for me is really incredible the God of the universe is interested in your mundane, normal, uh, mundane, Monday morning. He's interested in your mundane, Monday morning. God wants to give you everything you need that you might be able to thrive in your mundane, Monday morning. God wants to empower you in the normalness, not in the crazy supernaturalness, but the normalness of your life. And God wants to bring about life in all the mundane places, at the bus stop, the supermarket, uh, when you go into the cinema, when you're talking with a friend. God wants his presence to minister to you and empower you in your mundane, mundane lives, which means God values 
and cares about the small mundaneness of your life. God wants to be involved with your mundane life. And God wants to be with us and not leave us. So God wants to be with, present, uh, living in us, engaging with us, in relationship to us, ministering to us with wisdom, standing in our behalf as a as a spiritual solicitor and advisor with God. He wants to empower our actions as well, as well as speaking into our actions. And he wants to come and bring healing and restoration. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is the same spirit now that's in you and I. God is wanting to bring life and life in all its fullest. So we've been talking about the, the Trinity, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. And, and here we are, the third part of the Trinity. The bit that very often is least known about us, but is the the, the person of the Trinity that is wanting to today reveal God and all he has uh, for us. So I just want to pray at the end of this episode as we've explored uh, the Trinity. I just want to pray for us that we might encounter this Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit that comes to transform our lives and empower our lives. I want to invite him and it may be that you have received the Holy Spirit many times. It may be that you've never invited the Holy Spirit before. What I'd love to do uh, is just give a space where you can receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, so let me just pray for you now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that uh, the Spirit comes to bring uh, empowerment to our natural and normal life. There is no area of our life that the Spirit doesn't want to be involved. There's no area of our life the Spirit doesn't want to heal and restore and equip there's no area of our life that the Spirit does want to bring life and life in all its fullest. So, Lord, we say yes to your presence. We say yes to all that you have to offer us. And, Lord, we just say now, help us become aware of you. Would your Spirit draw close to us as we aim to draw close to you? Would we say yes to you now and know your presence? So, Lord, with the clumsy prayer, come Holy Spirit. With the prayer that says, God, would we become aware of you right here with us right now? Lord, we ask that that would be true, that you would draw near to us and that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and that we may be empowered to be your witnesses uh, in all the mundane places of our lives. And we pray that in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ, would you keep filling us with your Spirit, refreshing us with your presence, and would we know your closeness, we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. I hope you found this series on the Trinity helpful, inspiring, a bit deeper, a bit different. Uh, if there's any other topics you'd love me to cover as a part of this podcast, let me know. Send me a message. If there's a particular area of the work of God or God, yeah, what God does, you just don't get it. Talk to me. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you and we can do future episodes uh, that answer your questions. So until next time, friends, have a great week and grace and peace. Bye.